Sermon 13 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin, translated by Arthur Golding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Now, in Jesus Christ, you that erst were far off are made near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, which hath of both twain made one, and broken down the wall that was betwixt them, that is to it the enmity, through his flesh, abolishing the law of the commandments, which were in ordinances, to the end he might set them both in himself, to make one new man of them. We have seen heretofore how we be all enemies of God by nature, because we be gone away from all righteousness through the sin of Adam, so as there is nothing in us but lewdness and rebelliousness. And although men soothe and flatter themselves, it is certain that they cannot bring anything before God which shall not provoke his wrath against them. God then must needs disclaim us for his creatures, and therefore we must be fain to be guided by our Lord Jesus Christ, for we cannot come unto God but by that means. True it is that the Jews had some familiarity with God, because he had adopted them in respect whereof it is said that Abraham's offspring was holy, not that they had more worthiness than the rest of the world, but because of God's goodness, who had vouchsafed to choose them. And therefore, before such time as our Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, the one were in comparison nearer, and the other were further off from God. Not that the Jews were better worth than the Gentiles, as I said afore, but because it had pleased God to account them as of his own house. Ye see then, that they were nigh, because it was said unto them, that God sat among them, and that they were a priestly kingdom, whereof they had also, as it were, a visible sign by the records that were given them, as by the sanctuary, and by all the appurtenances thereunto belonging. Now St. Paul, framing here his matter to the Gentiles, saith that they have changed their state, because that whereas they were far off from God, they were made near him by the cross of Jesus Christ, and that serveth to the magnifying of God's grace the more. For, as I have declared heretofore, if we consider not in what plight God finds us before he reach out his hand to draw us to him, we shall never know how much we be beholden and bound unto him, nor how great his mercy is towards us. But when it is showed us that even from our birth we be cursed, and the devil holdeth us under his tyranny, and we be enthraldom unto sin, and God is, as it were, armed against us, to be our judge with all extremity. When this gear is set before our eyes, it is added further that God hath drawn us out of the dungeon of hell to advance us to the kingdom of heaven, assuring us that we have our inheritance there, which cannot fail us, and also it is showed us that we have the certainty of all these things in Jesus Christ, then must we needs be ravished to wonderment, considering that God's goodness surmounteth all our understanding. This is the thing that St. Paul goeth forward with all here anew. And this matter is well worthy to be often remembered, neither is it to be feared that it is but needless talk to put us in mind to yield God his due honour and to have a steadfast settledness, so as we may call upon him freely, being thoroughly persuaded and resolved that he will always be a father to us and accept us as his children, namely, if we be members of his only Son, as knit unto him by belief of the gospel. Ye see, then, that the thing which we have to mark in the first place is that by the means of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he hath reconciled us to God his Father by his death, we be now come near to the kingdom of heaven. 
from whence we were far off, yea, and without hope to have any access or entrance thither. And although St. Paul have spoken but to one nation, yet is his matter general, and so the Holy Ghost exhorteth us at this day by the same doctrine to consider our own misery, that we may be abashed in ourselves and receive the inestimable benefit that is offered us by the gospel in the person of Christ. Hereupon he addeth that he is our peace, making both one, yea, even those that were far off, as well as them that were near. Like as in the fore-rehearsed sentence, St. Paul meant to humble the Gentiles, and showed them how much they were indebted unto God. So here he addeth a warning for the Jews to pull down their pride, that they might not think themselves to be better than other men because God had chosen them. For according as men are always given to advance themselves beyond measure, that people abused God's grace and bare themselves in hand that the lineage of Abraham was a lineage of angels. To be short, when it was told them that the church should be united together both of Jews and Gentiles without exception, they thought that God did them great wrong and injury. Insomuch that it was oftentimes told them that God's choosing of them was neither for their virtue, nor for their nobility, nor for anything else that he found in their persons, but because he had loved their fathers without any desert of theirs. Oftentimes, therefore, were they warned by Moses and the prophets to challenge nothing at all to themselves, but to go to God's free goodness, to spy out themselves there. To the end, they might confess that if they had any prerogative above others, it was not of themselves, nor for their own sakes, but because it was God's good pleasure to keep them to himself for his own heritage. And yet for all that, St. Paul showeth here that the Jews renounce their own salvation if they match not with the Gentiles in true brotherhood. For why, although the Jews were near God already, and had witnessed that he held them for his children, yet notwithstanding the matter hung in suspense till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, then behoved it them to be knit to God by the mediator, or else they should have had no peace in their consciences. For when men examine themselves, they must needs conclude by and by that God is justly their enemy. And for proof thereof, what have we in our thoughts, in our lusts, in our souls, and in our bodies, but utter corruption? Therefore it ought to make us to quake as oft as we think what we be. But the Jews had the ceremonies and shadows of the law, which were assurances of God's grace unto them. Yea, but if they had stayed there, what a thing had that been? For the blood of brute beasts could not scour away their spots, nor set them in God's favour. Therefore it stood them on hand to resort to Jesus Christ, and that is the cause why St. Paul showeth that the Jews ought not to be so puffed up with pride as to shut the heathen out of the doors as though they were not worthy to be of God's church. For Jesus Christ is the mediator as well of the one as of the other unto God his Father. Insomuch that without him all of us are shut out from the hope of salvation. No man then ought to despise his neighbour in this case, nor to look over the shoulder at him, as the proverb saith. But we ought to embrace one another in true unity of faith and love, knowing that every one of us, from the greatest to the least, should rightfully be cut off from God's church, but that he of his own mere goodness gathereth us to him. After the same manner doth St. James exhort the great men of his world, after the same manner doth St. James exhort the great men of this world to glory in their smallness, because God hath taken away the blindfolding that letted them to know their own wretchedness. For we know that men do willfully abuse their greatness and believe themselves to be marvellous whites till they come to know God. 
Therefore the great men of this world have their eyes blindfolded, and that deceiveth them, and maketh them to take leave to do what they list. Now St. James saith that they have cause to glory of their smallness, for that our Lord discovereth them to be creatures out of all hope, as of themselves, and yet nevertheless taketh them into his favour of his own mercy. And let the little ones, saith he, rejoice in their nobility, because God hath exalted them, insomuch that whereas they were but as wretched worms, and had nothing but reproach in them, God hath taken them up, and made them new creatures. Ye see then that the means to unite us as we ought to be, is that every of us in his degree acknowledge himself to be in a wretched and miserable plight, and that when he hath yielded all to God's mere mercy, he acknowledged that the same is spread over all at this day, and that it is not for us to stint or to bridle him, but inasmuch as he hath chosen us, it is our duty to receive those into fellowship whom he hath set in the same array and company with us. That, I say, is the thing that St. Paul aimed at in saying that our Lord Jesus Christ is the peace of all men, yea, even as well of them that were mere afore, as of them that were yet far off. But yet, as I told ye afore, he had an eye to the foolish overweening of the Jews, which would have driven away the Gentiles from the kingdom of God. And he telleth us that if we mind to have Jesus Christ to be our mediator, to give us entrance to God his Father, and to guide us thither, and that all this should be grounded upon God's mere mercy, let us not be so foolish as to claim aught to ourselves, as who should say we were better than other men, or ought to be preferred before them. But let every of us acknowledge that all of us had need of God's infinite mercy, because all of us were shut up under sin, as St. Paul saith in another place. Now we must apply this well to our own behoof. For some think that men are advanced the rather, because some of them have been of an honest and unblameable conversation to the worldward some born of honourable houses, and other some endued with excellent virtues, or with some skill and cunning. To be short, every man searcheth and seeketh as much as is possible to allege some thing why God hath accepted him rather than his neighbours. But let us learn that although we were near God in outward appearance, yet notwithstanding, the only way to be in his favour and to be able to call upon him and to hope that he will hold us in his fatherly love even to the end, is that Jesus Christ be our head. And how may that be? It is certain that he is come to save that which was lost. And again, as it is said in another place, it is a sure and infallible saying that our Lord Jesus Christ came to call again to salvation the sinners that were in damnation. Since it is so, let us learn to humble ourselves with all modesty, and not only to shrink in our horns, but also to be utterly abased and brought under foot, that God may be glorified as he is worthy, and that one of us perk not above another, but make all one body, for that is the condition whereupon we be called. Furthermore, the title that St. Paul giveth unto our Lord Jesus Christ, namely that he is our peace, ought to be well considered, for without that we should always be as a straught, or as blocks, for they that have any feeling of their sins cannot be in rest without feeling of sore torments, but are so out of quiet as it were better for them to be sunken under the earth than to see themselves so seated before God's judgment seat every minute of an hour and to be distressed in such sort. Then, if we have not Jesus Christ for our peace, surely 
the waking up of our consciences must needs daunt us and hold us, as it were, upon the rack, by making us to feel that God sets himself against us as an enemy, or else it must needs utterly dull us and make us brute beasts, so as we shall not only fall asleep in our sins, but also be so bewitched by the devil, as we shall feel no more grief nor remorse for them. And so this lesson, where it is said that Jesus Christ is our peace, cannot be commended enough. For first it warneth us to be touched to the quick with our sins, so as we should be sorry for them, considering that God's vengeance is prepared for us, accordingly as he calleth none unto him, but such as are overladen and tired. Again, when we once know that, we may overleave all distrust and doubting, because that, whereas we have provoked God's wrath, it is appeased again by our Lord Jesus Christ, whereas we have fought with God, and kept continual war against him, Jesus Christ hath made agreement betwixt us, and whereas God disavoweth us for our sins, and for our naughty and froward nature, Jesus Christ putteth all that away, to the end that God may take us not only as his creatures, fashioned after his own image, but also as his dear children, whom he hath adopted to be heirs of his kingdom. And so ye see what we have to gather upon that strain. And were this point thoroughly well known, surely the wretched world should not float so continually, nor waver so as it doth. For most men nowadays are carried eft one and eft another, and do nothing else but wander. The papists on the one side have their pride to keep them from coming right forth unto God, and they will needs have their free will and their merits, so as they know not a whit what the grace of Jesus Christ availeth, but estrange and separate themselves from it as much as they can. And God, in the mean season, payeth them as they be worthy. For as for them that are so forepossessed with that devilish self-weaning, that they can dispose their life in such wise as to be able to come unto God, and to deserve somewhat at his hand, and again have their satisfactions to compound with him when they have done amiss, when they have such things to themselves, all slippeth away like wind, and they fall into the other extremity, saying, How shall we be worthy to come unto God, if we have not patrons and advocates? And so are they befeigned to devise so many patrons, as it is a wonder to see, by means whereof Jesus Christ is all the while unregarded. They make them byways, and go not to Jesus Christ, who is the true way, for as much then as they leave the right way which cannot mislead them, they must needs wander now on the one side and now on the other, and after long tiring of themselves, break both their arms and legs, and in the end find that the further they proceed, the further they go back from God. So much the more, therefore, doth it stand us on hand to weigh these words of St. Paul, where we be warranted that we shall be received lovingly at the hand of our God, if we have Jesus Christ for our peace, and rest wholly thereupon. And for the same cause, let us join thereto the residue of the text, by me already alleged, namely, you shall find rest to your souls. Whereby our Lord Jesus Christ doth us to understand that all such as separate themselves from him are not contented to have him for their mediator, shall ever be unquiet, and although they assure themselves and bear themselves in hand with this and that, Yet nevertheless they are afterward afraid, and find no resting place to stay their foot on, neither have they any safe harbour wherein to eschew the storm. Therefore it standeth us upon to go to our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and to be thoroughly resolved that he is our peace if we intend to call upon God freely and without any doubting. Finally, all men, without exception, come thither, as well they that are near God as those that are far off. If there be any that think there is any valour or worthiness in themselves, surely they will never repair to our Lord Jesus Christ till they have laid that imagination under foot. Again, on the other side, though we be a thousand times past hope in outward appearance, yet let us assure ourselves that our Lord Jesus Christ is of sufficient ability to wipe away the remembrance of all our iniquities, so as God shall receive us into his favour. Accordingly, as St. Paul having said that Jesus Christ came to save wretched sinners, addeth that he himself is an example thereof, insomuch that he which had been a persecutor of the church, an enemy of the truth, yea, and a shedder of guiltless blood, was nevertheless received not only into the common array, but for an apostle, to bear abroad and to publish through the whole world the message of salvation from the which he had erst been out of. Seeing then that God hath uttered forth the treasures of his goodness upon him, we may well assure ourselves that if we trust in our Lord Jesus Christ and seek to be at one with God his Father, by means of his death and passion, although we were in the bottom of hell, yet should we be drawn from thence, and Jesus Christ would show it indeed, that the title was not given him by imagination. And so ye see what we have to gather upon those words of St. Paul. Now he addeth that Jesus Christ hath broken down the wall that was between them, and he useth that similitude to declare that the ceremonies and figures are abolished, so as there is now no let, but that we may be knit together in concord and brotherly love. And anon after he compareth the ceremonies of the law to an enmity, for like as we nowadays have baptism, which separateth us from the heathen, so when God chose the Jews he gave them circumcision. Now then, when we be once baptized... We bear the mark whereby God will have us known to be of his church and of the flock of his son Jesus Christ. The like virtue and use had circumcision in the time of the law, and sacrifices witnessed unto them that God forgave them their sins, forasmuch then as that privilege was not given to any but Abraham's lineage. St. Paul saith, It was as a wall between them, like as if some ground were paled about to keep sheep in, or as if some stable were made to keep cattle in. Even so was it then, for God, as is showed in the Song of Moses, had stretched out his lines to hold the lineage of Abraham, separated from the rest of the world. There then was God's park, and the ceremonies were as walls or pales to hold in that people under the keeping and protection of God. And what were the Gentiles? They went on at adventure, yea, and even in destruction according as it is said that God had not vouchsafed them the favour to manifest his righteousness unto them. And St. Paul also showeth expressly that God had suffered them to walk on in their errors, and that they had been as wretched beasts in that behalf. Now we see St. Paul's meaning when he speaketh of the ceremonies, how they were as a wall to divide the Jews from the Gentiles. But now are they all broken down, because that Jesus Christ who is the truth and very substance of them, is come to put away all those shadows. For the giving of the ceremonial law was not to the end that the people should busy themselves wholly about that and put their trust in it, as hypocrites do, which pervert God's meaning, 
but to the intent they should supply the absence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And St. Paul speaketh of them in the second to the Colossians. The Jews had not yet the pledge that is given us in our Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore it was needful that they should be upheld in good hope till they were showed in the world. Wherefore, not without cause, were all those things cast down by his coming, for he is now unto us as the day-son of righteousness. And therefore, it is no reason that we should be led any more as it were by dark shadows. For by that means the enmity is done away, because that at this day we be joined to that lineage which God had dedicated to himself, and there is no more diversity at all. Forasmuch then as we be made the children of Abraham by faith, there is but one spiritual kindred among us. But let us mark that baptism and the Lord's Supper, which are the sacraments that Christ hath ordained, are not a division like to the figures of the law. For although we be separated from the unbelievers, and from such as never yet came within God's church, yet is there not any one certain nation of the world which God accepteth peculiarly by itself, but he will have his grace spread out over all. There is not then any such distinction as there was before, that it can be said, we come of the lineage of Abraham, we be they whom God vouchsafed to adopt. None can say so, for there is now neither Jew nor Gentile any more, as it is said in many places of the scripture. Therefore, whosoever calleth upon God's name purely, of what nation soever he be, the same is well liked and accepted of him, as saith St. Peter in the sixteenth of the Acts, and also in his first epistle. And baptism and the Lord's Supper serve nowadays to unite the whole world. For let the barbarous sort that can be come, and God will receive them. Baptism shall be ministered unto them, because it belongeth to all such as are knit together into the body of the only Son of God. Now herewithal let us look to apply this text to our edification. And first of all let us understand that the abolishing of the ceremonies, namely as touching the using of them, was the very key to open us the kingdom of heaven for the accomplishment of them was fully showed in our lord jesus christ so as it is known better than ever it was that they were no trifles nor unprofitable things but yet for all that it is not for us to use them seeing we have the full perfection of them all in jesus christ and by that means we see how god hath poured out his goodness upon those whom he had shaken off afore that is the means whereby we belong to him at this day in that respect is the gospel published indifferently to all the world, so as our forefathers, which were heathen men, were received into the church, and we be succoured in their rooms. For, although it be seen that the world hath been utterly forlorn, and that there hath been an horrible desolation in it, yet hath God made the thing effectual which is spoken in his law, namely that he continueth his mercy to a thousand generations. Thus ye see what we have to remember in the first place. Secondly, although baptism serve not peculiarly for any one people, city, or country, yet are we, as you would say, marked out by God, when he giveth us the use of his sacraments, to assure us of his adoption, and to nourish the hope that he hath given us by his gospel. It is true that they which shrink away from our Lord Jesus Christ do, after a sort, make their baptism vain, but that shall cost them right dear, because the pledge and earnest penny which God giveth us to show that we be joined to our Lord Jesus Christ and are clothed with him, as it is said in the twelfth of the first to the Corinthians, is too precious a thing to be so misused. And therefore all they that in honour themselves with the name of the church, and yet notwithstanding are disordered and dissolute persons, shall one day feel what a traitorousness it is to have so unhallowed their baptism, which God had ordained for their salvation. 
but let us on our side take heed that we walk as folks shoaled out from the filth of the world. For, as saith St. Peter, the very cause why our Lord Jesus Christ hath gathered us unto him is that we should glorify him for delivering us out of the darkness of this world and of the devil into his own light. And we have seen heretofore in the epistle to the Galatians how Jesus Christ will have his death serve to draw us from all the uncleanness and filthiness of the world. Likewise, in the first to the Thessalonians, St. Paul saith that we be not called to uncleanness, but that we ought to be pure, and to dedicate ourselves to our God in pureness, so as we may show, indeed, that we intend to honour him with all that ever he hath given us. The thing, then, which we have to gather upon these words of St. Paul, is that we must not run astray like wild and mad beasts, nor yet kick against him, but quietly bear the yoke of our God, and approach unto him with true obedience, and moreover shun our own wandering lusts, to the end we may walk like holy people, like people that are dedicated to God, and finally as his heritage. Thus ye see how this text is to be practised of us at this day. Now he addeth purposely that Jesus Christ hath done it in the flesh, meaning in our nature, to the end that we might be sure that in his person we be avowed to be God's children. For like as in Adam we be all lost, so by our Lord Jesus Christ, the second Adam, we be restored to the hope of salvation. And indeed, after the selfsame manner doth the Apostle show us, that we may boldly trust that God will always be our Father for his sake. For he hath not taken on him the nature of the angels, saith he, but the seed of Abraham. And although Matthew in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, beginning at the person of Abraham, as at the wellspring and root, yet doth St. Luke lead us further, and telleth us that Jesus Christ appeared not alone for the Jews. Truly St. Matthew doth it upon very good reason, namely to show that Jesus Christ came specially to perform the promises that had been made of old time. But St. Luke showeth the same thing that St. Paul declareth here, namely that when we have gone up as far as to our first father Adam, we shall find that our Lord Jesus Christ was yet still before him. True it is that he was conceived by the secret and wonderful power of the Holy Ghost in the womb of his mother, but yet for all that he ceased not to be the true lineage of Abraham and of David, and also of Adam, and there is no doubt but that we be joined to God by his means, seeing he is our true brother, and we need not to seek far, because we be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, as we shall see hereafter in the fifth chapter. Thus ye see in effect what St. Paul meant by adding this saying, that the fulfilling or performing of all these things was done in the flesh of Jesus Christ. For, if we should consider nothing else in Jesus Christ but his heavenly glory and divine majesty, what would come of it? We would be abashed, and we might say he were too far off for us to come unto him. But now, seeing he hath of the same flesh that we have, and is become very man, like unto us in all things, saving only sin, so as he undertook our passions, or sufferings, and our wants and wretchedness, to have pity of us. As the Apostle saith, we may assure ourselves that when we offer ourselves unto God, we shall be joined unto him in the person of his only Son. For like as he is very God, so on the other side he is akin to us, because he came down hither and refused not to be in this state of bondage, to the intent that we might be glorified by his means, for like as he not only abased himself, but also emptied himself utterly, so will he also lift us up into his heavenly glory. And for that cause also is he called our brother, 
This only one saying ought to break off all distrust when we be in doubt and perplexity whether God will accept us or no. For seeing we have this record that Jesus Christ is our brother, what would we have more? So then, we may well conceive, out of what filth and defilements, yea, and out of what a gulf God hath drawn us, seeing he hath assured us of his fatherly love, whereupon our salvation is grounded, yea, and that in the person of Jesus Christ. For we see how the wretched papists quote not to which saint to bow themselves, yea, and to bar themselves of all excuse, so as there may need none other process to condemn them, they make a common proverb of it. For even in that one saying, that they wote not to which saint to bow themselves, they show themselves to be faithless and destitute of all advice, and stay of themselves, and to be as stray beasts. For they have such a multitude of their saints, that they have made whole warrens of them. It is true that all of them have the Virgin Mary for their advocate, they catch hold of St. Michael, or of St. Peter, for their patron, or of some other saint, after as their superstitious mind leads them here and there. Howbeit, all that they do is with unquietness of mind, and they shall never find rest, because they have no word of God to stay upon. And when they find themselves hampered in any perplexity, they be like wretched forlorn captives that are utterly at their wit's end, because they see well enough that they find no ease at all, when they have tossed and turmoiled never so much. But now, seeing that we be sure of the hope which we ought to have, because our Lord Jesus Christ is our peace, and is joined unto us, to unite us to God his Father, let us understand that the same is an inestimable benefit, for the which we ought not to be afraid to suffer ten thousand deaths, if need were. And St. Paul saith consequently that the law consisted in ordinances and decrees, to show that God abolished not the law of good and holy conversation, when he minded to call the Gentiles to salvation, but that he took away only the ceremonies that served peculiarly for the present time, and were not given, but only to the lineage of Abraham. Ye see then what was abolished. And therefore let us leave the figures of the law, as circumcision, sacrificing, feastful days, as they were kept then, the difference of meats, lights, perfumes, and all that is set down in writing by Moses, for all those things must be vanished away at the coming of Christ. And yet for all that, let us hold still the law that God hath given us, which is inviolable, that is to wit, let us worship him purely, let us call upon him, let us put our trust in him, let us do him homage for all the benefits that he hath bestowed upon us, and let us hallow his name. Again, let us advise ourselves to walk in pureness of life, and with such conscience towards our neighbours as we may do no man wrong or harm. And finally, let us withdraw ourselves from all the defilements of the world. Here ye see that the law which God hath given us to rule our life by must continue still, for that is not abolished, but only that which consisted in traditions and in the figures that served but for the time, and were to have an end by Jesus Christ. Now seeing it behoveth us to give over the shadows that were used, and had their full scope in the time of Moses and the prophets, it is much more reason that the Christian church should not nowadays be burdened with men's inventions. According whereunto St. Paul telleth us that we must content ourselves with God's law, which serveth to show us how we may be unblameable, that is to wit by walking in righteousness, justice, faithfulness and mercy, and specially by calling upon God purely and after a spiritual manner. Mark that for one point. Again he saith that the shadows of the law should in these days not only be superfluous but also as a curtain to keep us still in darkness and to let us from seeing our Lord Jesus Christ as we ought to do in the mirror of his gospel. 
Therefore let us conclude that the righteousness which God requireth at our hands is another manner of one than that which the papists have imagined. For all the things which they term God's service are but stark gewgaws. Yea, and whereto serve they all, but only to deface the peculiar operation of our Lord Jesus Christ? For the poor ignorant souls are held fast to them, and stand pouring altogether upon them. When I speak of ignorant souls, I mean the ablest sort of them, even those that think themselves to be of great capacity, for they are all entangled like wretched beasts. And therefore let us learn to hold us to the singleness of the gospel, and to look upon our Lord Jesus Christ there, like as he also cometh familiarly unto us, to the intent we might be advanced by him, and boldly call God our Father, and flee to him for refuge, not doubting, but that he will be near us, whensoever we call upon him in truth. Now let us cast ourselves down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgment of our faults, praying him that his making of us to feel them more and more may cause us to forsake them by true repentance, and to walk continually aright, and to give ourselves to holy conversation. And that forasmuch as we be so weak, that there will always be many vices in us, it may please him to hold us up, till he have taken us out of the world, and thoroughly fashioned us like to his own image, according to the groundwork which he hath begun in us. And so let us all say, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, etc. End of Sermon 13